Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lightning Insider Podcast. I am Eric Erlinson, your host from lightninginsider.com and we're going to recap game five of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. Things did not go Tampa Bay's way as they had a chance to clinch a berth in the Stanley Cup Final in a match with the Dallas Stars who advanced after knocking off the Vegas Golden Knights in five games and Overtime winner by Dennis Gurionov in Game 5 on Monday did advance the Stars to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time since 2000. Uh, It was nice to see from a personal standpoint the celebration for Rick Bonus, who was the interim head coach. That tag probably won't last for long, but of course a former associate coach here in Tampa Bay under John Cooper for five years before uh, they made a change in that department a couple of years ago and brought in Todd Richards in his place. But uh, Rick Bonus, one of the nicest men you will ever, ever come across in life, let alone hockey. And you talk about guys who are, are hockey lifers. Rick Bonus is a hockey lifer. And you think of the, I mean, he, so long ago, he played with Pat Quinn, the legendary Pat Quinn. He's been around the game so long and, I remember doing a story one time for him when he reached game number 2000 as a coach, both as an assistant and a a head coach. He's been a head coach as well. He's been a head coach of the Bruins, the Ottawa Senators, the New York Islanders, and of course now the interim coach with the Dallas Stars. So it's just nice to see him have an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup, uh, something that has eluded him throughout his career. He's been close, including in 2015 as a member of the coaching staff here. Of course, if they face the Lightning, eh, might be a different story if that's the case. We hope it'll be the Lightning anyway, uh, as Tampa Bay did have a chance to advance uh, on Tuesday. But Jordan Eberle's goal in the second overtime coming at the 9.30 mark, sorry, the 7.30 mark, or was 7.30 left, I'll get it straight, in the second overtime, finishing off a two-on-one, a pass from Anders Lee, uh, finished off that game and forced a game six, which will now take place on Thursday. That'll be another 8 p.m. start on NBC Sports Network. So again, game six will now be on Thursday. And uh, I want to touch on a few things before we get to the question and answer session of the podcast. Uh, I want to touch on Braden Point, and there's a debate that I've had with some people on Twitter, so I want to continue that conversation here and give you my take and my perspective on a couple of things. We're going to talk about Steven Stamkos. Obviously, Absent for this entire postseason run, uh, out of nowhere, they released some video The on Monday, the day that the Lightning practice, they released video of him skating with the team, and, Steve, and John Cooper, who said no more questions about Steven Stamkos, actually took a question from the Lightning reporter, Brian Burns, uh, on it. Uh, so Steven Stamkos suddenly appearing We'll talk about that a little bit, of course, your questions. And then I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be distraught over what happened on Tuesday. Look, it's it's a tough loss, uh, but we'll get into why I don't think you should be overly sort of down the path. I don't think anybody should be. Maybe it's time to pull out the Lucy can 
in one of these games, right? Like the doctor is in. I'm going to talk you through a couple of things that I hope will provide some perspective as to what we saw take place and transpire in game five uh, and the reasons why we're heading to a game six. Um, Don't forget we got the trivia question as well. I'll give you the trivia question. It's the same one that we had on the previous podcast. So if you've already answered it, um, you're in the contest. I have all the answers. Uh, there's still so there's still time to get into this trivia contest. We have a T-shirt, courtesy of Smack Apparel. Again, if you go to SmackApparel.com, you'll see these shirts. If you go under the Tampa Bay uh, Hockey section of the website, you'll see these party like it's 2004 shirts. Uh, Joyce was our first winner. I uh, was gracious enough to take a picture of it. She was wearing it when uh, she received it in the mail. So uh, check out my Twitter feed if you want to see that picture uh, of what the shirt looks like. But we'll have the trivia question a little bit later on uh, in the show. So keep, stick around for that. And, of course, the special promo code that you can use with Smack Apparel uh, that we'll give you as well. So let's start with the great debate that I had. because. Braden Point was unable to play in this game. Kind of figured it was leaning this direction as he sat out game three, returned for game four. Tampa Bay had the 3-1 lead, but we did see him leave late in the game. About nine minutes to go in the third period, and he did not return, but he did sit on the bench for the rest of the game. And I know the if you look at some of the sheets that the league puts out, the time on ice, it showed him that he had a shift late in the third period. That's not the case. I went back and looked at it just to verify that. That was actually Anthony Sorelli, 71 instead of 21. So he did not actually take a shift the rest of the game from about the nine and a half minute mark on. Uh, didn't see him in the video that the league provided from practice on Monday. Did not see him in the video that the league provided from the morning skate on Tuesday. So you kind of got the feeling that he probably wasn't going to be available. And look, it's it's a gigantic loss. There's no saying otherwise, you especially you look at the impact that he has had in these playoffs and in this series. I mean, just go back to game one and the goal that he scored to open the game, just blown around, uh, I believe it was Adam Pelic, uh, Pelic, and, you know, scoring that opening goal sort of set that tone for that game. You know, him and Nikita Kucherov both finished with five points. Um, you know, he had the impact um, in game two, didn't have much of the impact in game two because that's when he was injured, uh, left after the second period, did not return, missed game three, a game the Lightning could have won. That was the game that the Islanders won late on a Ryan McDonough turnover. And then, of course, came back and had a huge impact in Game 4. Had a goal and an assist in that line again with Nikita Kucherov and Andre Plot were great. Um, but again, missed the final nine minutes. So he's absent again tonight. And th- this is the debate I had. It's, a lot of people would tell me that the Lightning lost this game because Braden Point didn't play. That's not the case. Could they have won it with Braden Point? Yeah, they probably would have won it with Braden Point because that's the impact that he has. He's been the driver of that line throughout this postseason. And in this series, I mean, Nikita Kucherov's nine points in this series, uh, and a big part of it is because his chemistry that he has with Braden Point. So he he, there's no doubt he likely has a huge impact on this game, especially when you look at the offense and they only convert one goal, right? It was a Victor Hedman goal four minutes into the second period that tied the game 1-1. That goal, by the way, is Hedman's eighth of the playoffs. And I want to pass along this stat while we are talking about it because it's a rare feat when somebody has nine goals, when a defenseman has nine goals in a playoff series, and Hedman's done it. The only other defenseman to have had more than eight goals in a playoff year Paul Coffey, Brian Leach, Bobby Orr, and Brad Park. That's it. They've they've had more. You know, they they've had multiple times in the playoffs where each of them had eight or more goals, but those are the only players that have ever had eight goals in a playoff season and let's keep in mind he did not have a goal in the round robin. So, even though those stats count as postseason stats, Victor Hedman did not have a goal during those three games. So, all eight of these goals have come 
in the actual playoffs. So uh, eight goals and counting for Victor Hedman, uh, making a strong case for the Con Smythe should things end well for Tampa Bay. So here's my uh, point, pardon the pun, on why the Lightning, the Lightning did not lose this game because Braden Point didn't play. Again, yes, he has an impact on the game, and they could have won it and probably, again, would have won it with his presence. But his absence wasn't the, the reason why this team lost this game. Keep this stat in mind. The New York Islanders had 24 shots on goal. 24 shots on goal in over 90 minutes of hockey. So four and a half periods of hockey, and the New York Islanders had 24 shots on goal. So don't sit here and tell me that the Lightning didn't do enough to win this game, because they did. The shot totals were 37 to 24. It's an amazing amount of blocked shots. The Lightning blocked 30 shots. The Islanders blocked 32. It was a race there for a while to see which was going to end up with more and more block shots or more shots on goal. Uh, the final toll ended up being 62 block shots and 60. Uh, my math is really bad. 61 shots on goal. So it was actually one extra, one more block shot than there was shots on goal. That's just kind of how this game was played. It was very. It wasn't an exciting game. Even for a double overtime game, it was dramatic, but it wasn't exciting. Like you can watch two one games that are exciting. This was not one of them. Um, but they didn't lose this game because Braden Point was absent. Because you look at the metrics, and for those who have listened to me before, you know how much I read into this stuff um, and, and what it means for a game. It's not the end all, do all of stats but it, it is an indicator of how games should be played and how, or, or where results should come in. And at the end of this game, in all strengths, this, so this includes you know, the power plays, 84 to 64 were the shot attempts in favor of the Lightning. In the overtime, in the two overtime sessions, they were 34 to 19 in favor of Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay actually had more shot attempts in the first overtime than the Islanders had in the two overtimes combined. So again, let's look at the numbers. Scoring chances, 40 to 26 in favor of Tampa Bay. They were 20 to 10 in the overtimes. High danger chances, 14 to 7 for the game in favor of Tampa Bay. The expected goal rate 3.3 for Tampa Bay, 1.8. Rounded up 1.9 for the Islanders. So all of those indicators are usually what will determine how a game is is determined. They'll they'll give you the indicator of who who should have had the better chance to win a game. And the Lightning had it. Now you can make the argument, and I'm Sure, plenty of you right now in your head are saying, "Yeah, but if Braden points there, they have they probably have two goals in regulation. They probably win this game." You're right. I'm not discounting that, but this game was not lost because Braden Point didn't play. They did plenty as a team to win this game, just as they did in Game Three. Remember, they could have won Game Three as well without Braden Point. They fall down three-one. They scored twice in the third period, including a goal with about eight minutes to go. And they were just kind of building up, and it looked like they were on the verge of taking a 3-0 lead. Ryan McDonough makes a mistake, turns the puck over at a bad part of the ice. The Islanders cash in, and they win that game 5-3 with the empty netter. And in this game, they lose it because this this is what the Islanders will do to you. If you listen to the, the preview pod, podcast and, and what the Islanders do... They they are content in waiting you out. And they will wait you out until you want to pull your hair out. And that's a little bit of how this game went tonight. Now, this is where it's a testament to the Lightning in their way that they approach the game now. The way that they um, attack the game. They don't attack it with the same ferociousness that they did before. Right? They can be patient, too. They are content in waiting for an opportunity to open up. Not like the Islanders. The Islanders wait for you to make a mistake. Whereas the Lightning are now 
wait for an opportunity to develop and exploit it as opposed to trying to force it. So this is the difference with this Lightning team. And this was a game tonight where that's exactly how it was being played out. The, the Lightning did not exploit their opportunities. I mean, Cedric Paquette had a golden chance. Anthony Sorelli put on a great move dancing through the middle, actually right before Eberle scored the, the winner. Just missed the net on a beautiful inside-out move uh, right in the middle of the ice off a nice pass from Nikita Kucherov. And the Kucherov himself had two really glorious chances, including one right at the end of the first overtime, just missed the net. So they had opportunities to score this game. Of course, they had a four-minute power play as well. Carried over into the first overtime, a late high-sticking call on Anthony Beauvillier on Mikhail Sergachev. Gave Tampa Bay a four-minute power play opportunity, so that's a wasted chance. And look, that's an area where you can say if Braden points out there, maybe they maybe they can convert on it. But again, that's not why they lost the game. They did so many things the way that they wanted to in this game. It just didn't work out for them. The Islanders took advantage, and it wasn't even a mistake that they took advantage of. It was an unfortunate break as Kevin Shattenkirk scuffed on a shot attempt at the right point off of a one face-off. I mean, that's again, that's, those are things that are drawn up, and it worked out perfectly, except for Shattenkirk sort of scuffed the shot, and it led to a two-on-one the other way, and it finished off the game, and the Islanders won two-to-one. They forced a game six. So again, Braden Point is missed, but that's not why they lost this game. All right, let's get to the Steven Stamkos situation, because as I mentioned, sort of out of nowhere... He shows up in a video. You know, you think back to this process that in the early stages, when the team first arrived in Toronto way back on July 26th, Stamkos did speak to the media the next day on the 27th. It's actually the only time that he has spoken to the media since the return to play has come about. Remember, he was injured, uh, still trying to rehab when the team. Um, came to camp on July 13th, this summer camp, reboot camp, I like to call it. So he never spoke to the media. That's the only time he's spoken to the media, but there were still practice updates provided, and there were still some videos provided right up until the first round Robin game. Remember, Victor Hedman joined the bubble late. He came in on the Friday. The team left on a Sunday. He arrived on a Friday. Their first round Robin game was on a Monday. So we were still getting some video at that time. Well, that just, it was shut off. Uh, it was cut down. In uh, the last couple of days, the league has been providing this to the media to see. And Steven Stamkos is out there. First of all, John Cooper took the question and answered it. Yeah, it was he was out there skating with the guys. Mentioned that during rehab, you know, sometimes he would skate on his own. Sometimes he would skate in optionals, uh, whatever it happened to be. And then we see the video of him taking part in what looked like an optional practice. Uh, can't determine that 100%, but he was out there. He was skating. We saw him taking shots, uh, you know, taking part in some drills. So that was a very encouraging sign. Cooper did mention that, you know, does change his status for playing. We'll see what that looks like going forward. Uh, but I don't think it can be ruled out. I don't think you can rule out a possible return for him to come back at some point. And does that mean Thursday? Probably not. Does that mean Saturday? Look, the Lightning are playing Saturday one way or the other. They're either playing game seven against the Islanders or they're playing game one of the Stanley Cup final against the Dallas Stars. One of the two. So uh, does that mean he'll be ready by then? It's hard to say. It's hard to say if he'll even play at all. In in my feeling is... He can't be counted out. So as long as he's skating and has an opportunity, especially when you see what's going on with this team and you know how much he wants to be a part of it, you know, if he's anywhere near healthy, he's playing. Um, and that brings up a question that a lot of people have asked me, and that'll be part of one of the questions we get to here in a little bit. But if he's in the lineup, what does the lineup look like? Uh, and, and then there's the other thing too, saying, oh, the, the team is playing so well, they don't need him. No, no, no. 
if Steven Stamkos is able to play, he plays. There's no debating this. There's no he's not coming in and, and messing up chemistry. That's not gonna, that's not the case. That's not going to happen. If he's able to play and he's healthy enough to play, he plays. I know he hasn't played a game since March. I get it, you know, but you know neither Luke Shen and Luke Shen came in and he's played. He's he's given them some serviceable minutes, and if nothing else, if nothing else. If you want to say that, just a little similar to what happened when he played Game 7 against the Penguins in 2016 in the conference final. Remember, he missed most of that playoff year because of the blood clot issue. He's on blood thinners. Uh, so that's why he couldn't skate was because of the blood thinners that he was on. He was actually putting his life at risk uh, if he got cut uh, during the game. So that's why he was unable to play during most of that 2016 run. But in that game seven against Pittsburgh, he came in and he played limited minutes. He played kind of a fourth line role as a potential player who could make a difference if he had an opportunity. And, you know, even even if you do that, and if nothing else, okay, he plays 12 minutes. But what if he gets four of those minutes on the power play? Boy, does the power play look different then? He can still shoot the puck. He And it, no matter what, he's still a threat. He's, he's still something that the Islanders would have to keep an eye on, or the Stars, whoever uh, it would be, would have to keep an eye on. So despite what everybody has kind of told me or thought, given their thoughts on it, if Steven Stamkos is healthy, he plays. It's no question in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind that if he's eligible to play, he's healthy to play, he's in the lineup. Again, don't expect that to happen on Thursday. But look, you start to get closer to the weekend, and then if they are able to advance, then you know you start to look into the Stanley Cup final in some way. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, and if if the Lightning season gets extended, my guess is we see number 91 in the lineup at some point. So uh, that's the Stamco situation. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. And then finally, why I'm encouraged, despite how the game played tonight. You know, we got spoiled a little bit, right? Because the Lightning had won all four of their overtime games, and I'm not counting the round-robin game against the Capitals. But they had won... All four of their overtime games, including the five-overtime marathon and the double-overtime game against the Bruins in Game 5 that clinched that series. You're not going to win them all. You can't all be the 1993 Montreal Canadiens who made a living off of overtime wins. But here, and this, this is why I have to kind of sit back and you know, look at things as a whole. And yes, results are the only thing that matter in the playoffs. Either you win or you lose, right? That's that's absolutely the case. But as I tell you, a lot of times you have to look at how you got to that result. Because, you, you again, you look at these numbers and, and you know, I gave them to you. I'm, I'm not going to give you to them again. But those are very encouraging. Those are numbers that are strongly in favor of Tampa Bay. Yes, I know it's kind of Islanders hockey. That that's what that they're comfortable playing that way, but guess what? So are the Lightning. That was evident going all the way back to that first game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the five overtime thriller. They are comfortable playing in these tight games. They don't they don't get impatient. They didn't get impatient tonight. They didn't. It was an unfortunate break for Kevin Shattenkirk. It was a tough break to handle. But if you look at the way, like even watching this game, the Islanders got nothing inside. And, and in fact, I saved this tweet from uh, Mike Kelly, who runs a paid stat site. And going into, I think this was uh, through regulation, that the puck had spent 25 minutes and 54 seconds in the Tampa Bay zone, the Islanders had two shots on net from the slot area. And both of those came from above the dots. So the Lightning have become such a better team in the way they play defense that it translates to offense. It doesn't, it's, 
you're not going to win every game, but you, you go back to how you play structured in your own end. And this team has played so much better in their own end that you're not going to have too many games like this where you play that well defensively. And they look, they gave up a couple of odd man rushes uh, and a couple of points during the second period. And again, that's what the Islanders can do to you. They can force you into turnovers. You know, and Matthew Barzell had a partial breakaway in the first overtime that Andre Vasilevsky made a terrific save on. So, you know, there were some breakdowns defensively, but for the most part, watch the way they play in their own end. They really, they don't collapse as, say, the Islanders do or Columbus as we saw them do, but they do come back and protect the middle areas of the ice so much better than they ever have before. So that's what has to kind of give you some understanding of how they're going to advance. I have I have very little doubt that they're going to advance. I can't see the Islanders winning three straight games in this series. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just have a hard time seeing it. Nothing that I've seen in this series has told me that the Islanders are capable of winning three straight games against Tampa Bay. It can be done. It can be done. They are capable. But I just I just don't see it. I don't see it happening uh, in this case. We'll see what happens in, in Game 6 on Thursday. I fully expect that no matter what happens, you're going to see the same type of effort against uh, or in Fort Tampa Bay coming up in this game on Thursday. We don't know Braden Point's status. John Cooper said it's too far away to say anything. My thought on that, before we get to your questions, my thought on that is I think because they had a 3-1 lead, I think they held Braden Point out just as they did in Game 3. Give him an extra day of rest for whatever was bothering because obviously we saw what happened in Game 4 where it was a, a bit of a light hit that kind of aggravated whatever he was dealing with. My thought is that they sat him out tonight because they had a 3-1 to one lead. If I were a betting man, and I'm not, I would bet Braden Point plays on Thursday, but we'll see what the next two days bring us. Uh, All right, the trivia question before we get to your questions. Uh, Again, if you ever have questions for these podcasts, use the hashtag AskEE on Twitter. Uh, I will get to them. Uh, I will get to what I can tonight. Um, You know, so we'll answer as many as we can. But here's a trivia question. Uh, Again, to be eligible for a free T-shirt courtesy of Smack Apparel, if you can answer this question and then send me the answer either you know, direct message me on Twitter. My DMs are open. You can email me, eric at lightninginsider.com. That's E-R-I-K at lightninginsider.com. Those are the two best ways to, to reach me. Um, so those, uh, if you have the answer to this question, it's a two-part question. In 2004, how many game-winning goals did Brad Richards have en route to winning a concert Mythe trophy? Tampa Bay Lightning defeated Calgary in seven games. So how many game-winning goals did Brad Richards have in the 2004 playoffs? And then how many did he have in his career in the playoffs? So those are career game-winning goals. And how many did he have in the 2004 playoff year to help Tampa Bay win the Stanley Cup and capture the Smythe? So one more time, number of game-winning goals in the 2004 playoff year and then total career playoff game-winning goals. Send me those two answers by direct message. We'll pick a winner. Uh, at some point before game six. Uh, so get your entries in. Uh, be eligible for it. Joyce, I'm sorry, you're not eligible. You've already won the T-shirt. Uh, so we'll try and give somebody else a chance to do it. Uh, but just look for that photo. It's in my timeline uh, that I sent out a little bit earlier uh, on Tuesday. So check it out. Uh, all right, these are uh, a couple of questions that came in just after we recorded the last podcast. But I do want to get to them Um one of them is from uh, the name is just whatever, but it's Lightning FCB is the handle, and we, I kind of answer this, but I'm going to ans- ask it anyway. Uh, where do you think Stamkos would be played should he return before the end of the playoffs? The team is working really well, and players coming off injuries might not perform at their best. That's true, but these are professional athletes we're talking about, and Stephen Stamkos is an experienced guy; he fits right in. My guess, you're not assuming points healthy. You don't mess with that line, um, but you know, I would have to consider playing him in a second line role, uh, whether he they put him at center or put him on the wing, uh, different responsibilities for the position. Uh, but then the question is, what do you do? You know, the seven eleven has worked for them. 
rather well. But look, I mean, Carter Verhage played well tonight. He played well in game two. His numbers, and you know, he had a goal taken off the board for an obvious offside call on Cedric Paquette. There was no way that goal was ever going to count, but it was a heck of a shot by him. Uh, and he ended up playing over 20 minutes in this game. Um, you know, granted it's a double overtime situation, but he, you know, he played over 20 minutes in this game. Uh, so the lighting you know, coaching staff felt comfortable putting him out there in situations. You know, so do you put him in? And then the big question, which will come as well, you know, what do you do with Tyler Johnson in that in that situation? Do you put him in the middle? Um, you know, Alex Kalorn is playing left wing, so do you put Stamkos on the right wing with Tyler Johnson and drop Carter Verhage? You know, the fourth line. There's a lot of scenarios and a lot of questions, but as I said, I think if you uh, Steven Stamkos is healthy, he comes back. Forgot to give you the promo code, so let's make sure we give that to you too. Again, from Smack Apparel. Uh, if you go to SmackApparel.com and you Check out anything in their inventory. Again, check out anything in their inventory. And if you use the code, sorry, I lost it here. If you use the code 2020BOGO, that's 2020BOGO, you will get buy one, get one free off of anything they have in their stock. And they got some really cool stuff on there. There's some really cool buck stuff uh, if you are are into the bucks at all. Uh, So again, that's the promo code 2020BOGO. Uh, for buy one, get one free at smackapparel.com. Uh, next question is from Doug. Uh, we all know Braden Point's values. Do you think he is the same player without Kucherov on his line? Um, yeah, I think he is. You know, maybe last year you couldn't have said that, but this year I think you can. The way he's driving that line, I mean, he is with his speed, with his confidence, with, his, with the puck, with his desire to have the puck and to make things happen. Yeah, I, I think the Nikita Kucherov is a gifted player. I think that they can think the game very well together. Um, but uh, I think that Braden Point is now a, a driver of his line. He doesn't have to rely on a guy like Kucherov to kind of make things happen. Uh, he also had mentioned something about the Conn Smythe. Um, this was before, again, Vegas was knocked out. Uh, he was leaning uh, Anton Hudobin for the Stars, uh, Kucherov for the Lightning. Not sure if the Isles... Um, you know, I, I, I mean, you have to consider uh, Miro Heiskanen. I'll say this about Anton Hudobin. Remember, this is a playoff MVP. So this isn't a Eastern Conference fi- or Western Conference Finals MVP. He played fantastic in the Western Conference Finals. Didn't play so great at times against Colorado. So this is an all-encompassing playoff MVP. I would actually look at Miro Heiskanen over Anton Hudobin. And then Jamie Benn enters that conversation, too because he's picked up his game, and he made an impact early in the playoffs, and he made a huge impact in the Western Conference Final. Uh, From Chris, again, this is from a couple days ago, uh, do you think that NBC commentators have been overcompensating in their praise of the Isles because they realize that the Lightning are easily the better team, so they are trying to make the series seem more competitive than it actually is on paper? Uh, You know, I don't know about that. Like, I, I found this out, especially during the Boston series, that the Bruins fans, if if you saw any of the comments from Bruins message boards or whatever, they all thought the the commentating was one sided for the Lightning, and they never praised the Bruins. Like so, I, that's why I kind of look at things that way. Um, you know, when when it comes to observing it, you know, have have they oversold a Matthew Barzell? I think so. I mean, Barzell's had almost no impact in this series at all. He's had a couple of good plays. You know, and he can really carry the puck, and he can stick handle in a phone booth. Um, but he hasn't had a huge impact on this. And, you know, so they've over overhyped, I think, Matthew Barzell. Uh, but there's been plenty of praise for the Lightning. You just sometimes you don't hear it, or you don't think you hear it, or you just kind of gloss over it, uh, but whatever it is. Uh, also from Chris, uh, in regards to tonight's game, do you think the Bolts were passing too much on the power play in overtime? I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't, you know... Consider that uh, you know, give credit some, give some credit to the Islanders. You know, they're making passes to try and open up seams. That's what they're doing. They're trying to open up seams for for one timers. You know, whether it's from Hedman, whether it's from Kucherov, or in this case, whether it's from Sergachev. Um, so uh, that's what um, I would kind of look at and and kind of think in that instance that I don't think they were overpassing too much. I I think that they were maybe a little too patient in trying to wait for something to open up instead of, you know, just as soon as the lane is there, put a, put a puck on net. Sometimes that's the best option. 
right, the next question comes from Bob. And uh, not sure what the face-off win-loss percentage was, but it appeared we lost a lot in the offensive zone uh, during the four-minute power play. Controlling the puck and face-offs in the own zone is very important. What are your thoughts? Well, here are the numbers, and I'm looking at them at the same time as we're talking here. Uh, on the power play for the game, they are they finished three for seven in the face-off circle, um, and it hasn't broken down. Actually, at the tail end of the power play, at the end of the third period, they did win both the offensive zone draws. Uh, they did lose two of the three in the overtime session. Um, and then, of course, they went 0-2 with their power play opportunity in the first period. So 43%. Um, you want it higher for sure. You know, you win one more, you're over 50%. That's sometimes the margin. You know, and for the game, uh, in the offensive zone, they were only 12 for 36, and that's that's an area of concern. So you're dead on about the offensive zone face-offs. They were 50% uh, in the defensive zone and then 52% in the neutral zone. Uh, with their face-off. So, yeah, I, you know, that's that's a, something you have to be better at. I mean, Tyler Johnson went one for nine in offensive zone face-offs. Um, you, know, you can't have that. You know, that's and, and that's probably where you miss a Braden point. He's probably a little bit better in the offensive zone. Again, I'm not saying they didn't lose this game because Braden point wasn't there. He makes a difference, don't get me wrong. But they had chances, and they, they could have easily won this game with the chances they had. Uh, but that's a that's a disturbing stat if you're one for nine in the offensive zone faceoffs, uh, as Tyler Johnson was. So yeah, those are the little things in games that can make the difference, and and offensive zone faceoffs is one of them. From Connor, a lot of people are going to ask about the game. I just have this one question for you: How are you doing, man? Just wondering. Um. Thank you, Connor. I appreciate that. Uh, I can tell you we are in day five of no air conditioning here at the house. Uh, our air went out on Friday. Uh, they came out and checked at it. Uh, have to have a new compressor put in, and it was supposed to be delivered Monday. Uh, won't be delivered until um, Wednesday, and hopefully will be installed by Thursday. So we're going to be in a week without air conditioning in the house. I can tell you we've been fortunate that the cloud cover and the rain has been around because it's at least kept the temperatures at least cooler than normal. I'm not going to say it's cool because it's not, and it's miserable to sleep in, as my wife will tell you. Um, but we've had fans running basically 24-7. Everybody has a fan in their bedroom. But other than that, Connor, I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, looking out for me. I hope you're doing well as well. Uh, from Darian, and I think this is tongue-in-cheek, uh, do you have specific information on whether or not every player that's injured will be back? Should the Lightning fire Cooper before Game 6? Is the NHL handing this series to the Islanders for TV ratings? Yeah, definitely tongue-in-cheek. Um, I appreciate it, though, Darren. Uh, no, no, and no. Because uh, here's the thing, and, I, and I'll say this, and I know it's tongue-in-cheek, but I'll, I'll say this about the ratings part because everybody will say, oh, it's a New York team. The Islanders are not a New York market team. They're not. They are as much a New York market team as the New Jersey Devils are. New York's a Rangers town. It just is. The Islanders are, as somebody said, sort of the stepsister or step stepbrother. Ooh, correct myself there. Or the stepbrother of the New York sports scene. You know, you think all the sports scenes, all the sports teams that are in New York, uh, the Islanders are kind of low on that list. So uh, it, it's not about that. But I, I, I appreciate the tongue-in-cheek question. Uh, from our One Bolt Nation, Evgeny Lightning fan, I just want to know, why do the Lightning have such difficult time closing out series? They always make it extremely difficult for themselves. They had numerous great chances to win this game, especially on the form of a power play. Uh, again, they don't have problems closing out series per se. You know, let's think of, uh, you know, Detroit 2015, they won game seven, you know, uh, against the Canadians, you know, they were up three, not that actually had to win that series in six. Um, so they did close that one out with a little struggle. And of course, you know, they had a chance to advance, in game six on home ice against the Rangers. Okay, maybe there's a pattern here. Um, what else? In 16, they beat the uh, Red Wings in five. They beat the Islanders in five. And yeah, I know they were up 3-2 against Pittsburgh. Couldn't close that series out. In 2018, they defeated the Devils 
in five. And then they defeated the Bruins in five. So they closed out those series. And then, yeah, they were up 3-2 against Washington. Couldn't advance past that one. Uh, last year, we're just going to skip over. You know, but this year, they, you know, look, they had game five against Columbus. They closed out that series. They had game five against uh, the Bruins. They closed out that series, you know. And so I, I know it, it, it hurts because some of these have come in the in the conference finals. Like, they played well enough to win tonight. They did. And I think that this is just reactionary because you felt the pain before, right? You felt the pain before. Um, so I don't think they have necessarily problems closing out series. They just didn't close it out tonight. Uh, from AJ, why, oh, why can't Johnson get going? It's an excellent question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if he's playing injured or what it is. He just does not look like the same player. Uh, he showed spurts of it at times. But you look at it tonight, you know, we mentioned Carter Verhage and his 20 minutes of ice time. Tyler Johnson was at 18 minutes, just over 18 minutes. His 16 minutes and 54 seconds of even strength time, the only one who had less was Cedric Paquette at even strength, forwards-wise. And Paquette had less ice time as well at 17-16. so the only other forward that had fewer minutes at any strength than Tyler Johnson was Cedric Parquette. You know, only two shots on goal, four attempts, four hits, and he only five for ten in the faceoff circle. It's been a struggle for him this postseason, and it's it's hard to figure out why. Again, you can't see there. You can't ask him questions. You can't ask him off to the side. You can't ask anybody else about it. So I don't know if he's playing injured or not. Uh, from Garrett, are the Lightning going to win by four goals or five goals in game six? Love the enthusiasm, love the positivity. That's rare. That's rare in these circumstances. A positive question uh, from Derek. Another positive question. Ooh, I'm feeling the blood. I'm feeling the vibe. Uh, staying positive, if the Lightning were to win Thursday or Saturday, who accepts the Prince of Wales trophy and do they touch it? Um, well, look, Steven Stamkos is there. My guess is that if it gets to that and he doesn't play, that he would come out as the captain and accept it on behalf of the team. If he doesn't, my guess would be Victor Hedman. He's the second longest tenured player on this team. He does wear an A as an alternate captain. My guess is it would be him that would do it. And do they touch it? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a superstitious thing, right? Like, how many times do you see both teams that win their respective conferences, neither of them touch it? Well, one of them's going to win and one of them's going to lose. So I, I don't know. Look, in, the only thing we have to go on is 2015 when they beat the Rangers. Steven Samkos did not touch it. My guess, my guess is he would touch it this time around. But again, we got a long way to go before we get there. Uh, from Mark, uh, Kalorn and Johnson have five total points in their last 23 games combined. They need to contribute more for the amount of ice time they receive, and both are on the power play. They're both negatives as well. What's the deal? Uh, Kalorn is the, is the one that um, kind of surprises me. He had such a great offensive year in the regular season, hitting the 20-goal mark for the first time, and you know, his role really increased and he took on more responsibility. Uh, he just hasn't been able to find the offensive touch uh, in these playoffs, you know, but he's still a key uh, penalty killer. Him and Sorelli are still a penalty kill pair uh, for the most part. And Kalorn has been a net front presence on the power play, but, you know, maybe that's just it. Maybe because the power play hasn't worked, his production has suffered. Uh, he's a part of it. Don't get me wrong. Um and, and again, I, I don't know I don't know how to explain Tyler Johnson's drop off. That one is a mystifying to me. Uh, from Ryan Wells, um, I know you say Cooper will stick by his guy Tyler Johnson. I saw some good play out of Verhage today. If it were up to you, assuming Point is back the next game, would you scratch Johnson and replace Carter? <sighs> if it was up to me, if it was up to me, maybe. I guess that's the best I could do. You know, I saw I saw a couple of good plays out of Carter Verhage tonight. You know, he he made the pass that set up Zach Bogosian at the end of the second period where Bogosian hit the post. You know, look, if that puck goes in, we're talking about the lighting advancing the Stanley Cup final. I mean, that's how close this game was, right? And Verhage was the one that set it up. So, um, 
I I don't see Cooper doing that. Um, maybe they go back to twelve and six, you know. But look, I mean, Luke Shen played well again tonight. You know, didn't do anything that hurt his team. Uh, was actually taking some shifts out there in the overtime, even with the seven defensemen. So, um, all right, from Lee. If the Lightning lose this series, that would put them at one and three in Eastern Conference Finals under Cooper. Terrible winning percentage will be fired. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not playing the what if game. I don't want to play the what if game. You know, there's still two more games to play in this finals. So uh, it's it's. I don't think it's fair to start asking that question right now. And I and I've said it before. I think this is the best coaching job that John Cooper has done. Um, so let's let's evaluate that later. I don't think it's fair to do it after a game because it's an emotional reaction, I think, because I saw a lot of that in my feed. Uh, from Brown Crow, do we need to start protecting Sergachev a bit? It seems like he's wearing down. He made bad decisions all game tonight. It looks slow. He's still really young at all. See, I don't think he looks slow. Um, certainly the decision he made to go after um, Anders Lee on the two-on-one, you know, if you're going to sell out, sell out, right? If you're going to go out and try and take away the pass, then sell out. He was on his knees. Um, you know, we've seen Chernak, and Hedman does this too. He's very good at it. You know, lying down. If the player is going to get the pass across, make them put it over you. Don't let it go through you. Um, you know, or you let the goalie have the shooter and you take away the pass. You know, that's usually how uh, a lot of goalies and a lot of coaches will tell you how to play it. Um, so he did He did play that one wrong. He was kind of caught in between, and that's not a good place to be. Commit to one or the other, and you probably have a better chance. Um, you know, he ended up with 30, um, 30 minutes of ice time tonight. I, I mean, he is still young. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, protecting him uh, is something that the Lightning want to do. They're comfortable with what he does. Um, you know, and he is a, still a young player that he's going to make some of these situations not turn out the way he want. But look, he had a great opportunity when he cut down the circle. So, you know, you, you kind of have to let them grow through things. And that includes in the uh, situations that they are in right now. Uh, a couple more from Corey C. Lighting had the luxury of resting point up 3-1, but lost is game six where you push it. More games or more time for he and Stamkos potentially is grinding. The other guy is worth that. Uh, I, I don't think anybody was is being grinded, right? And they're playing some extra minutes because, you know, you've had a five-overtime game now, and this is your second double-overtime game. Uh, look, I think that they rested him with because they had the 3-1 lead. I think if, again, if this was 2-2, he probably plays. Just as I think if it was 1-1 going into game three, he might have played. Uh, so I that's why I think I would fully expect um, that if if as long as he can play through it, I think he'll be in the lineup uh, heading into uh, Game Six. From Adam, are you concerned at all that the Lightning are 0 for five in their last five chances to win a game to go to the Stanley Cup Final? Following up, would you be concerned if this game goes to seven? No, and no, because like we like to put these things in a perspective that says, okay, this team has lost however many games with a chance to win the conference final to advance. But that team in 2016 had nothing to do with the team in 2018. That team in 2018 has nothing to do with this team in 2020, especially under these circumstances. This is a completely different situation. So no, I, that's, that's history. That's all it is, is history. You know, it's like saying, well, they got swept by Columbus last year, so they should have gotten swept by Columbus this year. no, Different attitude, different team, different mentality, a lot of different players. I mean, think about it. Kevin Shattenkirk wasn't here last year or any of those games. Pat Maroon wasn't here or in any of those games before. Uh, Barclay Goodrow, Blake Coleman, Zach Bogosian, none of those guys. Carter Hagee wasn't even here. You know, none of those guys were part of any of those teams. So this is a different year, a different team, a different outlook. Uh, they have a different mentality. We've seen it. Um also from uh, Brown Crow, is it crazy to think it's okay if this series goes to seven games? It means getting point and maybe uh, Stamp goes healthy enough to play the final. Uh, uh, maybe. You know, I mean, more time is more time, even if it's an extra four days or so. You know, um, but again, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if point plays. Uh, on Thursday, Stamkos is a completely different story. Uh, and the last one from Tony, uh, a few inconsistent calls by the refs tonight. Just me, question mark. Um, 
you can probably say that just about any night. And the thing is, too, is in these games, like it or not, the only times you're going to get power plays are on egregious calls. You know, we saw the puck over the glass against Vegas in overtime that gave Dallas the power play that they scored the game-winning goal on. You know, the... Um, you know, there were a couple of interference calls in the overtime. You're not going to get the interference calls. You know, the the hands on the puck. I thought that should have been a penalty. It's gonna you're gonna be hard pressed to get an official. Like it or love it. I, I don't particularly like it if it's a if it's a, pure, a, a penalty in the first period. It's a penalty in the third period. That's just my feeling on it. If it's a penalty in October, it's a penalty in April, uh, or in this case, in September. Um, you know, so yeah, you you could say that on just about any night that things are a little inconsistent. And then I'm going to leave you with this thought. And if you're on my Twitter feed, you saw this, but I'm going to pass it along to you. It's hard to imagine that on Tuesday night, we, in normal times, we almost definitely would have been talking about the first preseason game, not game five of the Eastern Conference final. How crazy, crazy, crazy is that to think about? what we're dealing with right now in on so many levels um you know so it it should have been the start of the exhibition season the preseason and we should have been looking forward to the start of the regular season here in about three weeks Uh, and yet here we are talking about trying to close out game five of the eastern conference finals with a chance to go to the stanley cup final crazy crazy times we're living in all right don't forget the trivia question you can send them through me uh, my dms uh, they're always open. I'll find it there. Uh, email me, eric at lightninginsider.com. Don't forget about the promo code for Smack Apparel 2020 BOGO. Buy one, get one free on anything they have in stock. Uh, we'll be back with another one after Game 6. We're either talking about forcing a Game 7 or the Lightning advancing to the Stanley Cup Final. Either way, we'll be back here with a podcast once again on Thursday. i uh, have it ready for you by Friday morning to get you set up for Game uh, to recap Game 6 and get you ready for this next This is a Lighting Insider Podcast. I'm Eric Carlinson. Talk to you soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.